And just like that, we are back from a week's vacation. It wasn't a vacation because, to be honest, crazy times right now. Um, we have been going, obviously, through the pandemic and then um, rioting, looting, Black Lives Matter. So I wanted to give everyone um, basically a week. I feel like last week I was just exhausted that I couldn't even put my words together. This week I'm probably not going to be able to put my words together. Let's be realistic. Um, but uh, um, I did want to um, provide you know, some airtime and wanted, you know, Jeff to talk about, um, he's been out to Capitol Hill, um, and, uh, and Cindy to talk. I mean, you've been out to Capitol Hill as well. Uh, so I wanted to kind of talk about what's been going on, um, and talk about how maybe a lot of us have shied away from the conversation just because it's super uncomfortable. Um, we don't know how to bring, bring it up. Uh, we don't know how to like, you know, bring up the topic. So we don't talk about it. Um, but I think it's important to have that conversation. I know that last week I did have that conversation, um, with a really good friend of mine and, you know, I called him up and, you know, we were just talking about, I hadn't talked to him in a while. So kind of what's been going on in my life and what's been going on in his life and just asking, he lives out in Boston and just asking how things have been in Boston and how it's be, how it is like being a, uh, an adult male, you know, in Boston. And I don't think I've ever had that conversation with him, but it was very eye opening Af- um, for him to, you know, open up and male? tell me, yes. Yep. African American. <laughs> and, you know, telling me, you know, D every time I walked in, I, everybody would always stare at me and, you know, he's, he used to play basketball, like, you know, so I'm like, well, I thought, you know, maybe people were, cause you're, you're, you know, you're not hard to miss, you know? Um, but just other occasions and things that have happened to him, um, as far as like, even at his job and the comments people would make and thinking that maybe they're being funny, but at the same time, it was like borderline, you know? Um, and then I asked him about being, being stopped by the cops and he's like, yeah, there's a protocol. Like there's a video on what you should do if you are black and stopped by police. And later on that evening, he sent me the, you know, the video and I was like, wow, you know, um, conversations that I've never had with my parents. Right. Like they always just say, do what they tell you. And that's that. But, um, still it was very eye opening. I just felt very overwhelmed by what was going, what's been going on. Um, and then also, not finding the right words to say. Does that make sense? So um, I'm opening the mic to you guys. Uh, how have you felt? I know that you have been very active, Jeff. Um, what have you seen? How have you felt? Well, I'm a privileged white guy who's never experienced racism, but I was... From Kentucky. Yeah. Um, but I was aware that we had a major problem with racism and policing, but also... It, but also just a, a problem with the whole culture of policing where, um, well, I mean, as we've seen, it was proven during these protests when you saw the way uh, the police responded to protesters, peaceful protesters of all races uh, with violence when it was completely uncalled for. Uh, and I experienced that myself. So I, I think what has happened in the past couple of weeks is... Uh, First, first, a huge portion of the country who was unaware of um, racial bias in policing was were startled by the George Floyd video, and they said, "Wait a minute, this is horrifying." And then they realized, "Wait, this has been going on forever." Uh, so that happened, and then protests against that sort of thing started to happen, and then 
those protests turned violent because police got violent against the protesters. And then people like me, who had up until this point, even though I knew that policing was broken in our country when it comes to minorities, I still felt like the police protected me and served me and the system worked for me. But then when you go to a protest and you're being nothing but peaceful and suddenly you're getting grenades thrown at you and tear gas and pepper spray and and people are getting seriously hurt by the police for in front of your eyes for no reason you're like wait a minute now i don't trust these police either now they don't work for me they don't protect me now i feel threatened so the whole country has been awakened to this problem and now i hope to god we finally have the momentum to make some changes You went out there how many times, Jeff? You were out there a lot. I can't remember. But, um, you know, if anybody doesn't know, there was, uh, there was a lot of violence here in Seattle. And it was... From the cops. From the cops, yeah. There was many, many nights of peaceful protest where the cops just marched on the protesters and attacked us. Um, sometimes for like an up to an hour at a time. Uh, with tear gas, rubber bullets, pepper spray... Uh, flashbangs, which are like, just imagine like the biggest, loudest, uh, you know, like mortar style firework you've ever seen and just have it going off right in front of you at your feet. Um, it was, it was pretty intense and I watched a lot of people get really hurt and I watched police attack volunteer medics while they were trying to help those people who were getting hurt and it was stomach churning. Yeah, and and you went um, Instagram live, right? Several nights. I was live on Facebook. Um, Facebook, okay. For the the last, the final night of violence, which ended up being the most sustained, uh, longest attack. Actually, they attacked twice that night, and this was this was after the mayor had already said she banned the use of tear gas for thirty days. They then just used it on us again. Um, yeah, it was. It's it's hard to describe, um, and I, I I did not personally get hurt. I managed to stay just far enough from the the uh, the uh, the danger, but um, it, it was I I don't know. You can watch. I mean, many many people have videos. You can watch it from every angle. There are cameras cameras in all the apartment buildings looking down on it as it was happening. There are people who mm -hmm. are on the front lines live streaming. Um, if you, if anyone's curious, you can see what happened and you can see how it was peaceful. And then the cops just decide that they've had enough or often what would happen is one cop would lose his cool and he would get pissed at an individual protester just because of something he said, maybe because they're many feet apart. We're on the barricade. The cops are anywhere from five to 10 feet from us. But you know, if a cop's five feet away, someone said something maybe he didn't like, and then he decides he's fed up with that protester and, you know, there's a famous video where this girl had a pink umbrella and the cop walks forward, grabs her umbrella, yanks it out of her hand, and then they just start pepper spraying. Hmm. Is and that the little this girl? This was Seattle? Yeah, this is all Seattle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been so... Uh, this is all I've really done or thought about for two weeks. So I've seen, like, ev every video and everything, and I... I, I, I mistakenly think that everyone else knows what's going on as as uh, intimately as I do, but I realize that's not the case. 
which is one of the reasons mm-hmm. I went there is so I could tell people what was really going on. So if you guys have any questions, if you're not sure what's been going on, I'd be happy to answer them. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pretty intense and crazy, and like, I'm really proud of you for being out there during that time. Because like, when I went, obviously, the, the police have already retreated. I just saw the, the what's down there now, the occupied protest, but mm-hmm. I can't imagine how... Um, scary that would be to be there protesting for human rights and then having those like violated yeah it's 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 kind of a mind fuck for lack of a better word um mm-hmm. and again you know and this is nothing compared to the violence that uh you know people of color have suffered at the hands of police for 400 years you know mm-hmm. and, I, and even though i was aware of it and many people like me were aware of it when you suddenly you experience it firsthand against your white privileged body, right? Then, then you're even more outraged. And yeah. in a sense, I'm glad this happened because now the powerful white people who can change things are pissed. Right. And I wish it hadn't come to this. Right. And it's a shame that it takes the powerful, rich white people to feel it, right. to finally be like, oh, I've had enough of this. This yeah. isn't okay. You can't treat people like this. Um, I was listening the day that I went, there was a lot of speakers and one of the women was saying, you know, she was on the, on the front line on one of those, uh, raids or uh, attacks where they came at. And she also, um, is former, um, she's not former military, but she was, um, she was in Katrina, like Louisiana during Katrina. Right. And, um, she has like severe PTSD from that. Mm Mm-hmm. And she said that when they did the flashbangs and the spraying and all that stuff, like there's three ways to uh, react to PTSD and it's like fight, flight, or freeze. And she froze and then was like beat up for it for not retreating in the moment mm-hmm. and like pepper sprayed in the eyes and everything like that. And And then she just went on to say how, you know, the majority of the calls that these guys come on are with people who have severe PTSD, former military, former this, former that. And like they react to this or respond to these calls with violence, with noise, with all these things that just trigger the PTSD. Um, and it was, you know, I've known that and I've seen that and being healthcare worker and stuff like that. But it was, it was interesting for her to relay that part. Um, and relate it to this. And then I think I talked to you that day and you were like, well, actually, you know, you should have told me you were going down there. And then you were like, well, actually, I'm pretty tired. Like I'm, I'm taxed from it. And I was like, yeah, yeah it's probably all the PTSD from those, those evenings. I do have a little bit. I'll be, you know, I'm fine. I'll be fine. But, uh, I was just so inundated with all of this news and videos and being there, uh, for so long that I reached a point where one night I was watching videos and I just like, I just started kind of having tremendous anxiety and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I got to take a step yeah. back, take a little break from my mental health, but, uh, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, crap. I had a point to, uh, that made sense, but I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think that made sense, but it's, it's really, it is really anxiety provoking and taxing and stressful. And like every day I'm looking at videos, whether it be like, Oh, here they killed another guy 
oh, here, this person was treated poorly. Oh, here, look, like one of the videos I saw today was this like one white guy pro- like wearing like a Black Lives Matter thing in the middle, I think it was like Ohio or something. And he was the only person there for that. The rest were like counter protesters against yeah counter protesters and they're just like screaming the nastiest stuff at him and the guy is like surrounded by cops who are watching everybody like basically bully this guy and then somebody punched him in the back of the head right in front of two cops and the cops did nothing and the guy's like you're gonna let them do this they just assaulted me in front of you like and i was like yep we want you to get the fuck out of here. Like, you're not welcome here, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, it's just more and more of this stuff is coming on the news. And it's, it's just so painful that, and, and heartbreaking that there's people who think that they're better than other people just because of how they were born, like the color of their skin, something as simple as that. And it's, it's really disgusting. And like, I don't know, I've been, I've been on the offense, like, since this has been going on, like, I feel like I'm like picking fights with everybody. <laughs> and I'm just like really angry because people want to turn it political and it's not a political issue. It's a human rights issue. Like, mm-hmm. unless you want to say to be one thing is to be racist and to be other thing is to not be racist, but we're, we're not arguing about conservatism or liberalism or whatever. Like this is just like, treat everybody like a human these people are not being treated like a human right and one of my friends even said you know they wouldn't even do this to dogs she was like i tried to say like you know they treat us like dogs and she's like they treat dogs better than they treat us and i have a friend who you know she works with me and she told me just a couple years ago like she got pulled over for like a was it a suspended license or an expired license? But she said the guy wasn't even behind her. She just came out of the salon. She had her hair big and he was going the other direction. This is here um, in Seattle. She was going the other direction. The cop was going the other direction, saw, saw her, turned around, got behind her and um, pulled her over, asked her to get out of the car. She was like, is that necessary? You know? Yep, get out of the car. Now she's resisting. Watch out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She got handcuffed and put in the back of his car while he ran her information. She's a black woman. And that she's a black woman. 36. And so this was a couple years ago, too. She's a a black woman. She's a mother. She's a daughter. She's a sister. She's a professional. Obviously a thug. She's all of those things. And he handcuffed her. And put her in the back of the car while he ran her thing for a like expired license. And while she was back there, she said she had to sit there and listen to him talk to his wife about dinner plans as well. And while she said she just felt like a dog in the back of this car, he just had to show her that he could do this to her. And then like wrote her a ticket and let her go. And he was probably thinking, oh, well... She's got expired tabs. That's my that's my uh, excuse. But of, of course, I'm going to find her doing something else wrong. Of course, I'll find out she's got a warrant or drugs or something. Mm-hmm. I'm sure something will come up. That's yeah. often that's often the mentality. Yeah, and this is such a mild story in comparison to all the stories I've got. Lots of black friends, like especially back home, and like w- one of my friends was saying when he moved to a new neighborhood, like in Tampa. For the first two weeks he was there, he was 
he was stopped 10, 10 days out of 14. Stopped by cops? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he has no record. He's just a six foot three black Hispanic male. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it was the same cop. He'd be like, are we doing this again? <laughs> really? <laughs> no, he said wow. it was like, oh, like different. It was just like. Different cop all the time. Mm-hmm. But it was wow. predominantly like white uh, school. Like he w- he moved there for college. Mm. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, we have, there's a, something about the culture of policing where if they decide that they don't respect you for whatever reason, then they will treat you like that. And the, and then, and so the problem is then people of color bear the brunt of it because they just, a lot of these racist cops just start out, they don't respect the person of yeah. color. So they start out treating them like a dog. But then mm-hmm. if you're a white person and you do so, if you disrespect them verbally, which is not a crime, but you do something like that, then, then you're being treated like a dog too. And then your rights are being, being violated. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. It, right. Maybe I've seen videos recently too coming out. Like there was a no, guy who right, like right. literally, literally just like killed a woman, two women and a child no, or something. Right. And they didn't like, he's running around with a gun and they're letting him run around and chase him before they like pile on and like apprehend him safely. No, you're like, totally right. Like Dylan Roof, the guy who shot up the black church, they took him, they yeah. arrested him and took him to Burger King. I, I'm not saying I'm not at all trying to minimize uh, right. the plight of minorities. They get they've been screwed for 400 years. I'm just saying that uh, that is they have borne the brunt of this problem for sure. Yeah, and it and we need to focus on that. But yeah. there is there is still a problem with the whole culture where they they they'll do this to anyone if if you get on their bad side. Right. And, right. and those Including cops those own. cops took Dylan Roof to dinner to get burgers because they liked what he did kind of. But if like he had done something to them, if he had shot a police officer, you know, you can guarantee they would they might have killed him, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh they just they've been they've been led to believe with their union protections and things that they they know they can get away with anything they want if they they know they can pretty they do. much do whatever they want, and then they can come up with a way to get out of it and get off the hook, because historically mm-hmm. that has been true. Um, yeah. Tom, how have you been? How's it, your anxiety? Have you been watching the news? Have you kind of been um, trying not to watch the news? No, we, we we watch the news here quite a bit, and I don't watch mm-hmm. it as thoroughly as Jeff does, but I see it every morning. I'll browse my feed and check it out. Uh, lately, because of the way that the Seattle stuff has been portrayed on the media everywhere else in the country and the world, I'm getting calls from my family in Colorado. I've, I got, I think, three or four or five phone calls in the last four or five days. Just They're just calling to make sure that I'm not in my house isn't burned down yet or that we haven't been looted or whatever in my house. And it's like, okay, guys, so I know what you're seeing on TV. I know the way they're making this look, but it is not like that at all. Like... You know, I, I, it's unfortunate that some of our our media is showing it, and I know they've been caught using Minneapolis footage and saying it's Seattle. I know they've been, you know, done some other stupid stuff or whatever. But yeah, I just I thought it was crazy to get you know three or four phone calls and or text messages from from that family who just mm-hmm. thought that it was just that the entire city is burning down, the whole thing is burning mm-hmm. down. It's full of rapists and 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 crazy people just going nuts, and there's no yeah. cops anywhere. And I'm like, no, it's it's not not true. It's, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Well, and that's why I, uh, well, I mean, I'd been, I, I would have loved to have been um, down there with Jeff and I really admire Jeff for doing that. Um, but I didn't get to go until Saturday because I've been, I, I've been working all, all week and, um, and I went down there because I've been getting all these people reaching out to me about it with the same things, you know, and, as, and I do have Republican family, right? Like a lot of it who, who watch Fox news and stuff and like, please be careful out there, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Like they're shooting people it's I, just, yeah. And so I was like, I need to go down there, you know, and, and plus I wanted to show my support, but I also really wanted to like have a good perspective because I'm telling all these people to basically like fuck off. And, um, and it was really beautiful to be down there. Like they built gardens, like there's like conversation cafes, um, communes, like food, drinks, everything for free. Like take yeah. what you need things <laughs> like there. It says every nations. Um, what do you say? Oh, you just glitched a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh. You're, you're like coming in and out, but like pausing in certain words. Need. Oh, that's okay. Sorry, I don't, don't hear stop. myself okay. glitching. I heard, yeah, I heard Jeff. Okay, but um, so like they're saying no cash donations, and it was just peaceful and loving, and like all the art down there was really cool. There was businesses like that are in the area that are still open and running normally. They're not being looted. They're not being, you know, like people are just being really great humans to each other. And then there was self policing. Like there was three different occasions where a crazy person came through. Um, one was like mm-hmm. one of those church people who yell at you at all the games. Right. You're going to burn in hell. And yeah. And, um, and basically like all you just see like these people kind of run up on them and like kind of surround them and, and nonviolently push them out. Um, another person like, um, was was walking up to the stage like and falling over people when like a woman was speaking and like they did the same to him and it's like you just see that there's a little bit of a commotion and before you know it it's like peacefully handled and the people are gone right do you think that we will see a change jeff start with you yes i think we will um if we're talking about seattle specifically yeah the city council is uh is pissed they're super pissed uh, about the way the police responded to the protests. Um, I don't know if we would have seen a change if they hadn't been so brutal to the protesters. If this had just stayed, um, if it had, if it had just stayed a protest about race and George Floyd, um, I don't know how much change we would have seen. But then the police dug their own grave when they brutalized the protesters every night for like seven days. Um, and, and they, they maced and, they tear gassed and pepper sprayed Kashama Sawant, the councilwoman for that district in Capitol Hill, where their precinct is. Um, and they they pissed off the entire city of Seattle more and more every night. My my sign said, "Every night you prove us right," because it was baffling. We were there to protest their brutality, specifically against black people, and then they were just being brutal to all of us every night. Mm-hmm. So the city's pissed. The neighborhood's pissed. Um, yeah, I think we will see change because of how they responded to the protests. And now that uh, the protesters are making their presence felt in Capitol Hill, um, that puts more leverage on the city because the city can't forcibly remove anybody now. That would be a 
disaster. It would be a PR nightmare. It'd be a politically suicide. Um, they can't use force against the protesters. They have to have them leave peacefully. But they're not going to leave peacefully until there's been some meaningful change in motion. So, yeah, I think here in Seattle, we will see some change. Cindy, do you think that we'll see change very soon? Or do you think anything's going to happen in Seattle? I mean, something has to happen. Yeah, it's hard for me to like get my hopes up. But Mm -hmm. I think that it has, like you said, it has, it absolutely has to. Um, I think the George Floyd thing happened. It's not ideal by any means. It's horrible what happened to him and what's happened to like all of these, um, people of color who this is uh, like have been murdered when it, it shouldn't have occurred. But it was during a pandemic when a lot of people are home and they're either laid off or they're working from home. And people can't just be busy and go, go, go and decide not to listen to what's happening. People are paying attention and people are getting involved that wouldn't have gotten involved before. And people are listening more than they would have listened before. And it's not because like for some people, it's a matter of ignorance and just not knowing what was happening and not understanding what Black Lives Matter mean and like not believing that white privilege is like just a thing that you have and not like seeing it as an insult and like, or, or are just- having, or having the time to process it. Cause like you said, it happened during a pandemic pandemic where a lot of people were home and you know, you like, what else was there going on aside from, you know, cor- the coronavirus, right. right? So it, it allowed people to focus on, on that, right. On black lives yeah. matter. So yeah, you can, you can, you have more time to listen and learn rather than to just be like, Oh, that doesn't really apply to me. I don't really care. Mm -hmm. Or, Oh, that doesn't make sense. Like now you can actually like, well, what does that really mean? What are these, what are people saying when they tell me I shouldn't say all lives matter? What is this? What is that? And so I think we have a a lot more traction than um, ever before. And I think a lot more people are listening and I will think a lot more people are demanding a change. And go ahead, go ahead, finish. I was just going to say, and like, I know I, for one, like have been writing letters. I've been, um, donating money and, and, and posting and trying to like, uh, talk to everybody that I can. I know Jeff's been super active, like I'm not going to let it go. And I know there's a lot of people who aren't willing to let it go right now. And like you said, it's hard to move them out from where they're at. So some, something's got to change. I just hope that it's enough. Um, going we're back to what you were saying, <laughs> sorry, going back to you, you were saying as far as like all lives matter and black lives matter. I saw, I saw this one post and it was saying something like, and this made me totally understand it. Um, I mean, I was all for black lives matter, but, um, when I saw the post, the post said something like, you know, when there was the shooting in Vegas, you know, people were say, pray for Vegas when there was, you know, um, a tornado wherever, then you say, pray for that city. And so you don't say like, pray for the U S or pray for, right. right? So, and this is equal, kind of equal to that. Right. So you, you're drawing attention to, because they need the attention. Um, yes, all lives matter. No one is saying it's, you know, but black lives matter. That's what, what the principle, that's what we're, we're kind of fo- yeah. focusing on right now. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't get these people who are trying to argue about you know, one or the other or whatever. It's like, no, we're like, we're focusing on black lives matter. Right. So yeah, that's that, when, I, when, when I, when it was put that way, it made me understand. I yeah. was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yes. Yeah. You know? What they're yeah. trying, what they're trying to say is black lives matter. Also 
Black Lives Matter too, mm-hmm. but it, right. because historically they haven't been shown to matter in you know to law enforcement. Exactly, and so the people who like even after countless people trying to educate them on like black lives matter doesn't mean all lives don't matter but like the the real message of it these people are still going around saying it and these are the same people who don't think that black lives matter and so they can't they can't say all lives matter because they're not they're discounting black lives you know like until they start respecting and showing that black lives matter like they're just liars and racists when they say all lives matter. Yeah. All lives matter. All, all lives don't matter until black lives matter. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. the message. Yeah. The people who don't get it. I think at this point, the people who say they don't get it, just don't want to get it. Right. And mm-hmm. they, you know, all white people have some, we all have some degree of just ingrained, racist tendencies whether we know it or not or like it or not it's just the privilege that we were born with and we have to actively try to uh escape it and think around it right Mm -hmm. and some people recognize it and they try to work on it and then some people are unaware of it they would never consider themselves to be racist they have don't think that in the slightest but they you know they subscribe to these things and they some of them come around, and then the ones who just don't want to listen, those are the ones who have a real problem. Mm-hmm. The ones who are just unwilling, who their gut reaction to the f- expression to the phrase "Black Lives Matter" when they have that gut reaction that is negative. Yeah, that's that's what that's who we're left with now. That's who we're dealing with. Yeah, and there's just so much things that like we're like we were born into, and like are just part of our society that we don't even realize are racist. Like, right. when you think about the white knight, when you think about the ugly duckling, the ugly duckling is black. Like, the black yeah. sheep of the family. The, the, the Like, everything that is dark and black is, like, a negative thing in a lot of the things we grew up learning. And then, like, the white this or, you know. And um, I don't know about you guys, and, and I'm really embarrassed by this, actually, and I'm going to share it because, like, like I'm... And my whole life I've been surrounded um, by black and Hispanic friends. And I've been like, I have like less white American friends than I've had other um, friends, whether they're black, Hispanic or other um, nationalities. And I've, I've never like, I'm, I'm not racist, but there's things you don't even realize. And the other day at work and I've been, all in this right and it's making me emotional all the time and i'm like i can't believe anybody would think that they're better than than my friends and i'm just like really in it but i said something like we're talking about like like whip them into shape and i feel like that's a saying that's like said a lot about a lot of different things whether it's like the guy you're dating or like people you work with or whatever and like I don't know how many times I've said it in my life. I don't know if it's something that was common or not common. I definitely heard it a lot so much that I didn't actually hear what I was, what it was versus like, Oh, just trying to like tighten up or, uh, organize or what, you know, but the actual saying whip them into shape. And it's like, as I, as it started to come out of my mouth, I like, immediately I just like dropped my own mouth and was like, that's so 
disgusting. <laughs> and like, I can't believe, cause I know I've, I've said it before. I must've said it before. Cause it was just like a saying that it's something that I've said or would say. And I never actually like heard it or like, like thought that it linked back to slavery in any way. And the girl I was talking to is actually very light skin African, um, Susan that I work with. And, and I was just like, I stopped myself. I was disgusted with myself. I like apologize. And she was like, Cindy, I say this to my kids. I say this all the time. This is like, like relax. Like it's not a big deal. And I was like, it is a big deal. And I was like, that's just like disgusting. I can't believe I wouldn't, you know? And I, and I like, she's like, it's okay. Like I know where your heart is. It's not a big deal. And I'm like, but now I feel like I have to really think about everything that I've ever done and said and like make sure that I'm not uh, repeating these phrases that we've known since we were kids because they're like, if they're rooted in oppression and slavery and all this stuff, like it's disgusting. And like, I'm somebody who feels like I'm super progressive and aware. And like, I just said it like last week and then I went into my office and I like closed the door and I like cried a little bit and I was just like really upset with myself. And then I just realized like it's because it is in our foundation. Like, like this is what our country was built on. It's stolen land. And, and then they were slaves. And then from slavery, once they decided, you know, once the revolution was won and slaveries were free, then there was police and there was police who kept people in line and there was police who kept black people in line. And that's how we got to where we got to. And it's just really sad. And I'm sorry. I know I just went off on a tangent, but like, I know there's going to be people who have these realizations day to day. And I just hope that it's a lot more people who aren't as aware as I am because I'm still learning. Um, and, and we, we see a better world because it's really fucked up. Yeah. But it's important to have these type of conversations, um, and even have conversations with your friends that are, you know, that are black or, you know, with, I have this conversation with you, Cindy, or something. And it, and it like makes us aware of things that we didn't even think about. Right. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like yeah. what you were just saying. That's a um, perfect example of how right. even the wokest white people, we still have all these unconscious things. Like, you know, no one's going to, no one would say that you're a racist. And I, until you told the story, I had it never occurred to me that that expression "whip them into shape" was racist. I probably said it this week. I mm -hmm. never once thought twice about it, and no one's ever called me on it. Uh, we're all we're all in the same boat. Like mm -hmm. our heart's in the right place, but we're part of a we're part of a broken system, and we've all got to work to figure it out. Mm -hmm. We do, and I and I leave you guys all open to call me out on anything at any time. I tell that to all my friends, and I've talk to all of my black friends about that too. And it's just like, I don't want to say things that are going to hurt people's feelings. And I don't want, like, I didn't even realize it, you know? Mm -hmm. One that yeah. I think I, one that I have to catch myself saying, or I, I think I do a good job of not ever saying it anymore, but, um, you know, like in the, when I'm something technical, something, you know, my work is very audio video, technical stuff. Sometimes things aren't working quite right, and you just do whatever you can to piece it together and make it work. And there was a time when we would call that ghetto rigged. Mm -hmm. But, like, well, there's another very racist thing people sometimes say. I've never said that. Yeah. Like, involving the N-word. Yeah. But, uh, 
And when I, I've definitely said ghetto rigged in the past, and I never even it, black Americans never entered my mind when I said that. It just was an expression I had heard to mean mm-hmm. something that was janky and rigged up mm-hmm. to barely work. But uh, right. yeah, that's totally racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like wanting to like look up all the things that are rooted in oppression and slavery and just like make sure that I know about it and it's like not mm-hmm. things I say anymore. Yeah, there's it we'll be we'll be working on this till we die, but hopefully uh you know, there's a lot of people who need to work on it even more than we do. Hopefully some oh, yeah. of those people are waking up th- in these past yeah. couple weeks. Mhm. Well, I want to thank you guys for, you know, talking about your experience. I don't think that this is an easy topic to talk about at all. Um, but I think that the more we have conversations, the easier it will be. Right. So, um, yeah, um, I think reach out to, to your friends, reach out to your family members, um, and, and speak up when you don't think that something's right or be like, Hey man, that just isn't that's not that's not cool <laughs> you know saying something like that too will draw the attention and be like well, well maybe i shouldn't have said that you know um so it is it is important so thank you guys for uh always coming through on this podcast but especially today because it was um you know it, it was it, it was a tough one this is why we took a mm-hmm. week off you know so we can kind of like just get our thoughts together and be able to to speak about it so mm-hmm. thanks guys um we will resume next week uh, to the Deanna Cruz Unfiltered Podcast. So have a good one. Ciao. Black Lives Matter today and every day. I like it. Be like safe. It Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Deanna Cruz Unfiltered. Don't forget to leave a review or a five-star rating. Every review helps more people discover the show. And you can find my social media links right above. Follow me. Just at Deanna Cruz.